WFAE's David Borax has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 38, we talk trash and shows, scooters, chamber and partnership merger, and Hamilton? Oh, and Smudgy's here. Ladies and gentlemen, R&D in the QC, my faithful sidekick, here with me yet again, Larkin Eggleston, welcome to the show. You love it. So tell me, my friend, what 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 did we do today? Before we talk about what we did today, I have to talk about a little something that I did Saturday. Oh, great. That was a lot of fun. We had a trashing show. Trash fashion. So we've talked before about the circular economy, as you'll remember. Uh, On Saturday at the Innovation Barn, which we had money in for this year's budget, over in the Belmont community, we had a little event to unveil the Innovation Barn in its kind of before state so that people can see it. And then later on, we'll be able to see the transformation that has taken place there. The Innovation Barn is going to be all focused around the circular economy Uh, trying to divert things out of our waste stream and divert them away from our landfills. Uh, The Queen Bee over there, Amy Oscar from Envision Charlotte, put together a really awesome event, a five-course meal by Chef Clark Barlow from Heirloom Restaurant, and a trashing show where all these local designers used uh, materials that would have gone into the waste stream, would have gone to the landfill, diverted them from the landfill, found a new way in, in some cases to use rugs and curtains and scrap materials to put together these high fashion ensembles. And uh, I, along with Mayor Lyles, Mayor Pro Tem Iselt, Councilman Ajmera, Councilman Winston and Councilman Mitchell all got to be models along with some actual models of some of these outfits and then they were bid on. It was a lot of fun and I gotta say, I think I might've found my calling. So did you just wear one of your normal outfits then? No, but I was offended because I was wearing my normal outfit. <laughs> and um, they were like, oh, perfect, right. Mr. Eccleston, well done, sir. No, so I, I got to the event and someone said, oh, wow, that, that jacket looks really nice. You're being trash. I Total said, oh, garbage. No, that's just my actual jacket. <laughs> I haven't changed yet into my trashing outfit. That's great. Uh, but so that went very well. Well attended. Uh, lots of our state and local elected officials and city leaders and really excited about what's going on over there. So shout out to Amy. And Envision Charlotte for putting together a really fun, really unique event. And the uh, building's not air-conditioned yet, so thank goodness it was mm, a cool evening. Not up your alley. Because you know me. Yeah. I prefer conditioned there. You do. You do. Today. Scooters. Scooter Gate. Scooter. Chapter 12. <laughs> 50. Uh, we had a meeting. Uh, I, I walked out of there just really frustrated because um, while there, there's, you know, there's still a lot of challenges to figure out. I feel like once again, for the second month in a row, the transportation uh, and planning com- uh, committee 
had an opportunity to take some decisive action to make a policy statement and to push it up to council for a vote. And once again, just kind of, you know, stayed in, stayed in, um, in limbo by, by saying, well, we'll just sit around and wait to see what the general assembly does. And while there is a fair point to be made that, you know, if you look back at what happened with Uber and rideshare, the general assembly did come in and they did change rules that, um, that uh, kind of pointed where municipalities could go. I feel like this is totally different. This is not like a central kind of company like Uber coming in and it's pretty much the centralized model no matter where you go. This utilizes the city right of way as part of their business plan. There's a lot of people for and against it, a lot of unique needs. They're gonna come in and, and do some kind of ruling, but I think it's gonna be totally different than what they did with Uber. And I think it may not be in the near term. We may be waiting for a long time. And, you know, who knows better about the, the scooter saga in this entire state than Charlotte right now and what we've been through the, through the last year. So I, I just felt like we had an opportunity to lead by standing up and saying, hey, here's a great free market approach that takes a more nimble approach to, towards the cap in which scooter companies can operate and the number of scooters they can have. It puts the client uh, front and center, which is the scooter rider, not government. It just does a lot of things. And once again, I think, you know, I brought it up a month ago and Mayor Pro Tem then said, dog, basically jumped over top of me and said, this is not the time to talk about it. Brought it up again today. And everyone was like, oh, well, that's a good point. Who is dealing with that? Yet once again, I kind of got overruled. And once again, we're not doing our job. So it's just very frustrating to me to see all this talk and committees with, I, I attend every committee and all I see for the most part is presentations, many of which you commented on are the same presentation we've seen multiple times in a row. And, and there are opportunities to, to actually do something and we don't do it. Yeah, we did take one vote in that committee today and it was around neighborhood traffic calming, which I'm excited about. But I think I mentioned last month on an episode after we had a, the first presentation on it that I wish we could move more quickly on it. I brought that up to, again today in the committee. And so on a lot of these things, I wish we didn't have to see it twice before we voted it out of committee. Uh, but if we've been having the discussion, we then have a very well put together presentation and plan from staff and we all like it, let's just kick it out of committee to the full council and, and cut a month out of this process. Because on things like neighborhood traffic calming and things like e-scooter safety and regulations, some of these things, at some point, we're gonna kick the can for one month too long and something bad's gonna happen. And we could have prevented it by moving more quickly. So I understand that the government can't turn on a dime, but we could, I think, certainly speed up the process on some of these things. So was happy to move the neighborhood traffic calming thing to full council. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge win for our neighborhoods and a lot of the safety concerns they have. I got some of what I wanted to see out of the scooter thing. I mean, I, all of my discussions around scooters have been, we have to be very clearly stating what the expectations are for the riders. Uh, and then people who are pedestrians or cyclists or motorists should know what to expect when they encounter a scooter, how that person's going to behave, where they should be, where they shouldn't, things like that. Um, so the thing that came out today is that there is going to be a concerted marketing effort by the city. And I hope that Bird and Lime and anybody else who might come into the market later will be our partners in that. But around marketing things like your scooter should be headed in the direction of traffic, which is, is very counter to what you saw in that accident you, you witnessed. Um, talking about that there should only be one person riding on a scooter. I mean, a lot of these things should be intuitive, but clearly aren't. And again, I don't think we can ask people to follow rules that we've not clearly outlined. So 
some of this is will seem common sense, but common sense isn't that common. I think that the the companies have uh, it's partly their burden to help spread the message, and they've got access to all the users through the app and things like that. Um, so I was encouraged to see that we're moving somewhere in a somewhat forward direction regarding the safety part. But I do think the business part, to your point, we have not been very clear. It is interesting. I think since we talked about it in committee last month, the school of government put out, North Carolina school of government put out something that was kind of a ruling on scooters that opinion didn't really, it, it was, was an, an opinion. opinion. But it definitely wasn't a ruling. You're right. It was an opinion and it was somewhat ambiguous. And I think somewhat uh, incorrect or misinformed. So it'll be interesting to see what the general assembly does. I think, you know, we'll, we don't necessarily, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves and, and provoke something from the general assembly, but in this case, I, th I think we could have gone a, little, gone a little further than we did. Yeah, I mean, they, dude, that is a bad argument, provoked. The, the General Assembly gets provoked when a city comes in and says, no scooter companies are allowed to operate here. Well, Not like yeah. our far <laughs> free market approach to allowing them to thrive. That That is something that they're going to be totally fine with and probably if my gut is correct look at it as the model they want other places they might look at what durham did which got it half right and saying you're taxing these things a hundred dollars a scooter is too much that's not even what we're proposing so i mean i, I feel like all those arguments uh, you know uh, aren't valid for us to just sit back and do the politically expedient thing which is not make a decision because we have people on both sides of this not that, that want one thing or another Hey, I'm convinced somebody pays you every time you say the words free market. It's a free market approach. Um, but no, I to your point, I don't think I think there are things that other cities have done around the country that were we to do them could evoke a reaction that we don't want from state government. I don't think anything we would have considered doing, particularly right now, would have done that. Yeah. I, we weren't looking at anything extreme. The, the hundred dollars a scooter thing that Durham did is interesting because if you take our, we've got 800 scooters on the road right now, that's only $80,000. So it's odd to me that I mean, that's kind of, even even in Durham, that's a drop in the bucket in the budget. I don't really know what the purpose of something like that is. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd rather do, and, and Bird has, has laid out as part of their business plan, and I hope this comes to fruition, that they want to deploy, you know, X percent of the revenue from these towards bike lanes in the communities where they're deployed. And so I think that's really where we can win from a financial standpoint is if these companies say, we wanna be part of building a safer infrastructure for non-motorized vehicles um, or however we want yeah. to define these bike lanes. Bike lanes are a great place for scooters to ride. Obviously we need to, to set the expectation of how cyclists and, and scooter riders should interact, but more bike lanes in our city makes for a safer environment for scooters too. And I think if Bird and, and hopefully Lime wants to come to the table with the same type of mindset, that's where we can monetize this for the city's benefit more so than just Look, and $100 they, a They use They use the city, well. their business model calls for the utilization of the city right-of-way for sidewalks and things like that. Clearly it makes sense to have some kind of tax revenue stream on this. I'm just, one of my most core conservative principles that exist is the free market is the it. free market right but inside that free market when government in, gets involved and has a need to tax which is the case uh you tax what you want less of and you subsidize what you want more of so 
it's contradictory to say every scooter you put on the road, I'm going to tax $100. What you do is you get creative and you say, I don't want you parking in the in the in the right of way or breaking ADA requirements. Therefore, you're going to have a tax on that front. Or if you want something more simple, you say, I don't I want people to to be putting out a product that gets ridden more times on average a day. So I'm going to tax you less if you have six rides to every one scooter on average a day. Versus if you're you're on that edge of three to one, I'm going to tax you more there because I don't I don't I want less of that. So uh, it's just a fundamental approach to governance that I think applies here, even on some small scale. And that's where we need to get creative and, and really lead the world in how these things are allowed to operate. I agree, Tarek. More taxes is a good thing. It's a free market principle. Well, I don't expect you to understand. All right. So tonight's meeting. Yes. We'll make it short because we do have, in segment two, one of our all-time favorite guests back on the podcast. We won't tell you who yet. Sorry. But he's, yeah, it's funny. You just, <laughs> you just ruined the surprise. I don't know if you know this, but I when you listen like to a microphone, people can still smudgy, hear you. Smudgy, smudgy. Well, now it's just weird. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, James Smudgy Mitchell will be on in segment two talking about Eastland, which was the hot topic tonight at the council meeting. So, we'll save that for segment two. A couple of things we want to touch on tonight. Talked uh, Chamber, Trail Regional Partnership, NUCO, yeah, Merger. Yeah. You want to wait into that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. All right, the Charlotte Chamber of Commerce and the Charlotte Regional Partnership. Are consolidating. Are consolidating. The Charlotte Chamber has been more hyper-focused on, obviously, just the Charlotte area specifically, but then the Charlotte Regional Partnership is a multi-county, regional, both do business recruitment, both do business retention, um, but there was a lot of redundancy, and I think that was identified. People wanted to, to merge them together to make them one stronger entity, and we got a little bit of an update on that tonight. Yeah, and and the comments I made, I, I think, were more like guidance points back to those folks who are right now in the process. You know, Ernie from Morn Van Allen, who's leading this right now on an interim basis, great guy. He's gonna do he's gonna do a bang up job. But I mean, these these entities have have done some great work and have done, had a lot of dysfunction for many years. And I just look at the at the uh, Amazon HQ2 proposal and, and that entire process. I mean, I had to, one, beg my way into the door to be able to participate. And I think a lot of people in this community that's had the same experience. Things, though, they don't necessarily want you at the table. Well, that's fine for me. But I was representing all of the banks and financial services companies in town who did something completely out of the ordinary and authorized our central joint venture to come together in support of having them here saying how they would open doors. We had very specific items and they were like, oh, well, you know, closed door. These are the people that you need to fund you. These are the same people that are saying, I don't understand what all you organizations do out there. And until you figure it out, I'm going to stop cutting checks that fund you. And when they come to the door and say, we're willing to help and they get Heisman because people are controlling parts of their empire and saying, this is what I do and not, and not involving the private sector. There's a reason why people are frustrated and there's a reason why funding has gone down year over year. So my hope is that not only does all of that get solved and one one single more comprehensive entity is there, I think they have some tough decisions to make on how truly, a, you know, a 16 county organization can operate. Uh, everyone agrees, including me, there's more power from a regional approach. I just in practice haven't seen it happen. And in Amazon, no matter who tells you what, 
I don't believe handing Amazon, whether they ask for it or not, whatever the claim is, 20 or 30 or 50 site options and saying, well, we represent all these people. Here, you can look at all these, look at all the great options. If we can't come together ourselves and say, hey, here's our best option. Out of all the ones we have, here it is. You want more, we can show you, but we believe this is best. If we don't have the political will, the ability, whatever it is to say that, I think our process is flawed. And I, I attribute that directly to the fact that we were representing 16 counties. You know, the thing I hate about you most is that you never really tell us how you feel. You know, that's why the free market has to operate in these types of environments, Larkin. I think that's seven for the episode. Um, so I, I have a lot of hope for a consolidated effort. I mean, there is, when you have re overlapping purviews from, from different organizations, it can be confusing to people from the outside to know, who am I supposed to be talking to? There can be kind of territory turf wars and people that aren't able to work together as, as cohesively or in conjunction as they should. Um, and so I do think this will make for a strong organization and, and give a more unified voice for our city when we do business recruitment, business retention. Uh, and so they said in November at their annual meeting, they'll be announcing the new name, uh, the new branding, and a lot of the structure of this new organization. Then it sounded like by the new calendar year, this will roll out and just be the way forward for Charlotte business recruitment and retention. Uh, so I think there'll be a positive outcome there. There will be savings over time. I think they said a million dollars a year in savings, some of which they want to deploy to better marketing efforts. So we a couple of us mentioned CRVA tonight, which has a different purview, but some overlap. They really focus on bringing visitors to our city from a tourism standpoint which is different than the, the chamber and the partnership bringing businesses. And they're saying, we they're admitting, and these are former chairs and, and current board members of these organizations. They're saying, we've not good, done a good enough job as a city or either of those organizations or, or just a region to advertise ourselves as a place to bring business. And uh, so I, I hope that what we'll see is that with these savings that are done from an operational standpoint that we can use those dollars for marketing and be more of a player in that in that space recruiting large businesses to come here bring good paying jobs and and be good corporate partners in our community did you know alexander hamilton was a rapper were you familiar with that i was quite familiar I, that's something we should get that Lynn Miranda on the show. Yeah. Can you do that? Yeah, I got it. I'll text him now. I just, I never knew with all the things I knew about Hamilton, I never once read that like he was like a that sick battle rapper. I do a lot. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I peruse the Federalist Papers from time to time. It's a part of the my knowledge of the free market. You know? I was waiting for that. Yeah. So cool, man. So we both saw Hamilton last week. If you have the chance. So actually one thing, you know, people were just about willing to sell, you know, a vital organ to get Hamilton tickets when this online lottery and the system was crashing and it was just chaos. If you go on now, I've heard multiple people say that as they identified bots that had bought up tickets and all these things, they keep getting re-released uh, when they determined that it was scalpers or it was bots or whatever. I've heard several people that have said they just randomly went onto the website for the theater and looked and there were some tickets available for a random night and they were able to find a pair and go. So I would encourage anybody who was trying to get tickets and couldn't to look again, because there are some out there now. And if you if you can, see it. Uh, it was one of the if best you shows. Can't, if you can't, don't. 
It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. It, it was uh, literally before that. Uh, I, I would say my my number one. I saw it in London, and then I saw it in New York. Book of Mormon, uh, uh, just absolutely hilarious. This topped that by far, easily. My favorite part of Book of Mormon was I've seen it twice. The first time I saw it was in Durham. There was clearly a woman in front of me at Book of Mormon who was there thinking it was going to be like a historical <laughs> tale of religion. Yes. And uh, from the first song, oh man, it was clear that she had been she, misled. She stumbled into the Either wrong been misled place or yeah. misunderstood. Uh, it was not the show she thought she was signing up for, and that really made it that much better for me. Oh, I'm, I bet by the middle of that, the things and things things were, get were, really weird. There were pearls <laughs> being clutched. Oh man, uh, but yeah, Hamilton. It's amazing. Go see it if you can. And other than that, I think people are probably just ready to hear James Smudgy Mitchell. Mitchell. His name is James Smudgy Mitchell. That really doesn't. I'm not not singing it right. Well, you're not singing it right, but also you don't have a good singing voice. I have a beautiful singing voice. You don't. But Bruno Mars does, and he can bring us into our next segment because that's Smudgy's theme song. So yes. let's just get to Smudgy. Right to Bruno Mars or perhaps the Rage Against the Machine. We'll see which one it is. We'll be back. Welcome back. We have a dear friend and return visitor to R&D in the QC studio, Mr. James Smudgy Bingo Mitchell. Smudgy! Chair. Right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, bingo. Bingo. You saw Hamilton last week, was inspired, said he might break into rhyme later. Uh, but he is here today in his capacity as the chair of the Economic Development Committee. And we had some big news on that front today, Mr. Smudge. Yeah, we really did. And thanks for the DNR boys for voting yes for East Lamar. I think we did great public service work today. It's been a long time coming on the east side. 69 acres now in the great hand of Crosland and Odell. And I think the next step for us is making sure uh, they come back to us in February to sign our development agreement. They will have engagement with the community. So community, it's not over yet. You can please give us your input of what type of vision you want to take place there. But it's not only about a catalyst for the east side, it's about making a destination for the city of Charlotte for the region. And so I have to say to all the citizen district five, thank you for giving me another two years because I felt very bad in 2015 when I let you down uh, on a particular project. But thank you for allowing me to redeem myself today. And we're moving this project forward because now, as we say, the sun will rise on the east side. Mm. So, um, yeah, clearly it's a big win, especially for you who's been working on this forever. Yeah, on, eight, eight years. You know, eight years. I guess the thing that jumped out at me and, you know, I, I don't know how accurate this is, but I, I felt like. Even as deeply as the East Side residents have been engaged in this, there still like seem to be some misunderstanding. Like yes. people do, people understand this whole deal doesn't cost two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right? You're exactly right. <laughs> some of that some of that was discussed today or or voiced their opinions today. And and I don't know, you know, my frustration is the ED committee and, and my honorary member. Honorary. I mean, we there, we get the information and we get accurate information. Somehow from our meeting out to the public, uh, it becomes distorted 
and false information out there. Councilman Larkin. Do you, do you remember that game uh, you play when you're a kid, telephone? Yes. Where one person says something, something and they say it to the next person? Yeah. By the time it gets back around, it's a little bit different. Councilman Malarkey and I, I mean, Eggerson was went together. We talked on the phone 7 o'clock in the morning because of a Facebook post saying that the ED committee wasn't supporting the recommendation. There's just so much confusion over these last couple of weeks that, like, I literally was surprised when I heard certain points of feedback. Well, you, you, Smudgy tonight at the diet said exactly what I said in a meeting with a couple of folks who asked to chat with me about it, which is, we should always be asking hard questions. That's we right. should actually be playing devil's advocate and asking those questions, even if we plan to support something. That's right. And particularly, I think that the folks who asked those questions in the meeting that, that gave people a little bit of nervousness uh, were Councilwoman Mayfield and Councilman Driggs. They both represent other districts in the That's city, right. and they've got to go back to their constituents and demonstrate that they did that due diligence yeah, that you referenced right. tonight and that they asked questions and that they're not just greenlighting or rubber stamping something because that district rep says they should. So I think in that case, they're just trying to both make sure they're fully comfortable with it. And if one of their constituents asks, they have answers. That's right. You're exactly right. I mean, we all got to be accountable. I mean, but but look what's so unique. I mean, we have uh, FC Barcelona, which like the number one uh, marketing franchise in the world coming to the east side. I mean, we're talking about embracing what an outdoor skating ring. We're talking about bringing uh, a soccer academy, potential amateur sports, a sports clinic. I mean, it's really going to be amazing. Then in another two years, now I would tell the citizen, Rome wasn't built overnight, and we're not going to build this six or nine acres overnight. So we'll probably see dirt turning probably early of 2020, or 20, I'm sorry, 2022, and then hopefully about 2024, we all will be cutting the ribbon and saying what a great job we did. Oh, ribbon cutting. All of a sudden, Larkin's paying attention. He's big on that. Uh, so here's a quick question I have, though. Um, for me, and I think the point is a good one, you know, whether that's our district or not, it's Charlotte. We all have to do our homework as elected that's representatives. Right. I'm still wondering the big question, which is – What's the city's involvement in this deal? And I mean, clearly that's what the next steps are about, but we're in for over 12, $13 million already. We're in for another 250 now for this. At what point are we, I I have no idea. Is it let us go? Is it gift us the land? Is it put $20 million in infrastructure around it? I still think there is, everyone's applauding and, and rightly so. A lot of years went into getting to today's point. No one, if it was me, should feel comfortable until we actually know what their ask is, because their ask could be impossible. That's right. And so to your point, so we know we have about $18.2 million earmarked strictly for infrastructure. Uh, we probably would uh, look at an option about a land lease as part of our value to the deal. But I think anything outside of that, you know, this committee and this council got to sit down and kind of weigh the pros and cons. I mean, are we committed? I think we all are. But we're going to be committed doing our due diligence and making sure it's right not only for the citizen, but for all the taxpayers. What's too much for you? I mean, you've you've been around a long time. You've seen a lot of deals. Yeah. What is there? Is there? And it, this might be an unfair question, but like, how do you judge what's too much? What an ask is too well, much. How much you can judge what's too much if you don't have the, the final, you don't have the details. That's right. Of you. That's I mean, right. That was what I was about to say. It's kind of too early now, but I got to see the plans. I got to see what's going. I got to see. Return on our investments. I mean, mm-hmm. we started off with the school, and that's been a tremendous plus. It's changed the branding. And now I think, to me, the next phase would be FC Barcelona corporate office need to come up first and get everybody real excited. And then we do a lot of the mixed shoes. Then we do the outdoor skating. 
if I can get an HR sports clinic to come there, you know, if I can get uh, a future home of, of one of our, what with the silver line, I mean, it has so much potential, but I want us to get it right. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the gold line that's going to be going out oh, there. The gold line. Although the silver line would be nearby. Now, people might or might not know about Mr. Mitchell. Uh, you were a prep basketball all-star here in the in the Charlotte community. Yes, uh, the question, though, is with FC Barcelona, the, the soccer club, coming into Charlotte with this project, hopefully, how good are your soccer skills? Terrible. Ter I, I was going to say. Terrible. That, that's not even terrible. That was a Charles Barkley terrible. terrible. That's right. That's right. That's right. Remember him, I mean, him in, ba in the basketball tournament, man? He, he came correct. He had more skill than all of us young bucks put together. <laughs> so I will stay in my lane. Back when, uh, back when Tarek and I were in diapers, I hear you used to light up the courts uh, <laughs> on the Charlotte High School circuit. Over there in West Charlotte, playing as you did. But no, I, I'm going to stick to basketball. Maybe a little baseball. But that's you, you weren't on the Dove C soccer team? No, I wasn't on the Dove C soccer team. Coach told me don't even go out. He said, don't hurt your feelings, Smudge. His name is James Smudgy Mitchell. <laughs> is that the Hamilton? That's right. That's the Hamilton. His name is James oh, Smudgy Mitchell. Mm. And, and, and listen, guys, but, but one thing I would say, <laughs> and to all your listeners out there, mm. I hope y'all appreciate what these two fine gentlemen are doing. At each council member meeting, they're making sure that you get the right information from the right people. And I got to applaud these two. Because this is not a easy job to work all day and then be up here at 930 trying to educate the public. So thank you. We're just trying to be like you, Smudge. This uh, is what I like Clark about Smudge. Said, all these guests. Goal, he wants to be, he wants to, he wants to outlast your tenure. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, but all the guests we've had on, no one hypes us like Smudgy here. Yeah, he comes in, tries to give us a hype man. He though. is the hype man. Yeah, I mean, that's why we bring him in with the Bruno Mars. There you go. go. I'll have Bruno Mars. We're, we're going to work on that, Smudge. So, 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 listen. Let me tell you this. Um, and and these two fine gentlemen brought it up. It's really about doing the public service work. And so, sometimes we don't get it right. But please, it's not because of lack of effort. We have so many committee meetings. I know these two are chairing our intergovernment relations committee meeting. Uh, we got another meeting coming in, in November, don't we, team? Yes, sir. And so, I will say, be patient with this current city council. But you know, we had five oldies. We got five new. We gelling together, and we will be a dream team come 2019. Man, I hate to point it out to you, but five plus five does not equal eleven. It does. <laughs> it does. So we won't ask which council member you completely forgot about. <laughs> oh, I have an idea. Who it is. Is. I know exactly who it is. I think you can guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, you are always welcome Ooh. in the R and D. Best guest ever. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Best guest ever. Much love to Big James. All right. Bingo Mitchell. Bingo. We're Thank you. Bingo to your nickname because this man, when he wants That's to emphasize something, bingo. I don't notice that you do it, but it's always bingo. Larkin, bingo. Bingo, Tart. Tart. Oh, really? I, I that's, your, that's your. Uh, we love that's your, it. That's, that's your favorite th thing you say. That's my favorite thing you say. All, All right, right, my man. Mitchell, Thanks for being words? here. Last words? No. Thank you, Charlotte. Appreciate it. Love you. Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. Yeah, I think that a little bit. Well done. We will talk to y'all next week. Bingo. Who win it now?